Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, perfect. Okay, I wanted to make sure. Okay. Okay, yes. welcome everyone to another episode of Impact Playing. Impacting more than just gaming. We are your weekly source for the latest news, updates, discussions, and at times have the base that, that branches out beyond than just gaming. You can be a part of the live show experience over at twitch.tv backslash the impact play and by clicking on that notification bell so you will be notified when we do go live or later on YouTube or even on your favorite podcast platform. You simply search for the impact play. I am Ishros Muhammad, otherwise known as It's Yaku. This is episode 87. February is Black History Month. We are empowering and uplifting black voices and giving black artists, creators, entertainers, and even those in the gaming space a chance to shine in the limelight and even to share their stories here on the Impact Play. We have an exciting treat for you all this Valentine's Day, Sunday, February 14th. And we have the following guests booked for roundtable discussion. So far, we have MC Ray, writer and author of The Unveiled. And we have two possible appearances by the hip-hop gamer, gamer and activist, and Slim with Talk. Hopefully, this provides value to everyone. So go ahead and introduce yourself and let everyone know who you are if they aren't already aware. Uh, my name is MC Ray. I identify as a creative <clears throat> from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I write uh, uh, young adult fantasy novels um, that feature like black characters at the forefront. Um, so um, my first book was titled The Unveiled, came out in maybe like 2018. And my second one just came out, The Unraveled, at the end of 2020. So that is who I am. Awesome. 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 So what initially, how did you find the path that you're on now? What was your initial uh passion for writing um to a large degree i've always been a, a writer um, I, in elementary school we would have like these competitions and i was like always in them and doing them and, and going like we'd have um anything from poetry to like uh uh just freelance writing that you would submit for and i would do one every year in in, in place um so it was always just something i did um, i think it became an outlet um when i guess when I realized, or I guess when I realized how, like, hey, I want to write and, and do this kind of, you know, something hopefully when they, like, completely professionally, but, like, put work out there for people to consume, um, was when I got older, I realized there was just, like, not a huge voice um, in Black YA at all. Um, even when it comes to reviewers, I don't really see as many that look like me. Um, and even, like, was just, like, as a man, not really that many. Um, and we like to read just as much. We like fantasy um uh, I think if you're like, especially since like gaming is like number one with men, you know, likely we would like yeah. that same type of, you know, interaction when it comes to our reading. So just writing things that people would be interested in outside of the normal space um, that normally is um, centered around really just white women. And so um, that was kind of why um, that's how the unveil came to um, being, but also just a lot of my writing is um, speaking on a lot of the topics and a lot of the things that like we're interested in and just making sure that we're putting black characters at the forefront. Nice. Glad to hear it. Okay. Next, what actually sparked your, uh, your, this genre specifically for fantasy? Is there so something um, that happened before or something that you were passionate about or something that just happened? 
I think I've always been a huge fantasy buff. I think that's, I think it just kind of happened. And, and honestly, initially, like my, um, my thoughts were like, am I being too forward with making, like with putting, you know, these amazing characters out and things like that. And I think um, that was just something that was always on my, on my mind. But when I first started writing, I was just in college, you know, I loved Harry Potter, loved, I think I had finished reading Hunger Games maybe when I started, you know, this. And I was just like, I want to, you know, write something fantastical and amazing. And and so um, that's how that happened. It was completely organic. I wasn't like, I don't see enough representation. I'm going to write this book. I wrote this book and it just made sure I ensured that there wasn't enough representation in that respect. But it was just birthed from like a regular day. I just saw the story in my head and was just like, let's put this to paper. And then um, the unveil was written. And then after that, um, the other books came to follow. I actually wrote the whole series. I'm not going to say how many, but I wrote the whole series before I put one out. So okay. they're essentially all done. It's just putting a matter of putting them out. Okay. Glad to hear it. Okay. What, what are you trying to say through your writing? What are you, uh, what are you trying to impact through your writing, through your books? So I want people to be able to see themselves, I think, to a large degree and to see others. Um, I think that we, um, especially minorities across the board, have, have had made vast connections to characters that don't look like them. So I'd like other people to kind of have that experience to be like, wow, you know, I'm not necessarily seen in this respect, but like I, I connect with this character or I love that he did this and things like that. So I think mainly I just want that same connectability that I have when like I see Harry Potter on the screen. I'm just like, I'm that kid, you know, like yeah. have fun, or at least growing up. So I want I want that. I want that same impact. But also I just want um, people to just enjoy another YA fantasy book and make sh and making sure that they like, um, uh, I guess, like continue to enjoy those and put those in the same spaces that they do other, you know, major fantasy novels. Um, also, I think to a large degree, I want people to, I, I am intentionally going to keep this indie. Um, I don't want to like sell these at all. Like, so hopefully that doesn't happen and come back to bite me in the butt. But um, I actually want to create more of a space for indie writers that like, you know, we put out quality work without having to be published and can and make a, um, a name. And obviously I've cut back a little bit on the reviews as of late, but um, definitely one of the intentions I have, even on my own platform, is to make sure we're highlighting indie authors, and uh, especially when they're putting out quality work uh, yeah. that they put their own hard-earned money into. Yeah, paying it forward, of course. Okay, one final question. What makes you unique and sets you apart from other authors in that same space? Um, so what sets me apart from other authors? That's a great question. Um, I think that I... Um, when it comes to white fantasy, I think I've um, I've indulged in enough to kind of have had um, a, a space that's different. But also, I think that's what um, the unveiled is. I think it's a very different alternative situation than we see. I think we see a lot of re redundancy when it comes to um, writing. Sometimes I think when publishers pick these books and they they know what sells, and I think that's kind of something that would be different as far as the unveiled is because I don't have any of those motivations. Um, I'm just very confident in the story that I tell. Um, but also I think that, um, what make, what sets me specifically apart is that, um, I'm just not normally seen. I'm a, you know, black queer man in YA and I, and obviously we're norm normally consumers of these, you know, different, um, genres, but we're not always like the author or the, or even like have a say so in the review space. Um, so I think that's just what sets me apart. It's just that there's not really any of me at all, you know, so. 
Yeah, exactly. Instead of being a consumer, you're actually using your voice to break out in, in the space and leading yeah. the way for others to follow. Yes. Perfect. Glad to hear it. So if anyone wanted to connect with you, where can they find you? Or even they wanted to know more of your Unveiled series, uh, let, let everyone know essentially where, where, where can they know more about it? So um, there's a few different ways you could follow me or the Unveiled series. Um, my Instagram handle is Hoven Elray. That's J-O-V-E-N-E-L-R-A-Y. Um, you can follow me there on, on um, as well with the same handle, um, as well as um, like the Unveiled series on Facebook um, or at Unveiled series on Instagram and Twitter. And so, and if you want to purchase the book directly, um, you can go to HovenElray.com and purchase it, or you can just go straight to Amazon, and I, I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. All right, thank you, I appreciate it. So I'll be sure to include everything in the show notes. So thank you for stopping by, and- Of course. <laughs> thank you. All right, good luck. So everyone wants to know more about MC Ray, we'll be sure to include that in the show notes later on and on YouTube once once this is uploaded on podcast services as well. So I'm glad that we got him on and we're still waiting on confirmation from our other two guests. Hopefully they could get back to me. If not, we'll bring them on on a later time. So let me just change stuff around. Okay, so apparently our video kind of cut off. I'm trying to fix that issue right now. I think I found the culprit. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Okay, found the culprit. <laughs> that was a little easier than I thought. All right. All right, so I guess we'll move on to the gaming side of things since our other guests haven't gotten back to me. Okay. All right. Let's see. Let me get everything ready because I didn't think we would have time for the, the new side of things. 
Actually, before we get into the news, we always like to discuss what we have been playing, what we have been enjoying, even if it doesn't directly directly revolve around video games. So, so far lately, I've been having so much fun with Apex Legends. Like, I honestly got into it yesterday. No, two days ago, Friday. I was tired, and you know what? Screw it. Let me just play Apex, play a couple of matches, even though I'm exhausted. I definitely had a blast. Uh, I didn't go live that day because I was just exhausted. I couldn't even, I, like, I just played it offline, essentially. But Apex has been great. I've been back and forth lately. I bought the Battle Pass. I bought the Champions Pass as well. <laughs> so let me get everything situated now. Okay, let's see. We have a good amount of news to talk about, folks. News, entertainment, and so on. Okay. And where are the other two? It's a hoodie. Perfect. Okay. Now we got everything. Let's see what we got to talk about. Oh, yeah. The Super Bowl. That's the first thing we should actually talk about. Uh, I'm sure the majority of you already watched, already watched the game. Watch the halftime show. Watch the commercials that, that they had. Like me, I'm not a, I'm a huge sports fan. I honestly enjoy. I like every year we have a Super Bowl get together with with family. So that's what I enjoy the most: is just getting together with family and just you know spending time together, pretty much. And the second thing, I, it was the halftime show. So the weekend did such a tremendous job. Kudos on him for all his hard work. Even though with such uncertain times with COVID, with the pandemic going on, he did pretty good. And the third reason was the commercials. The commercials I felt were a lot, uh, a lot less appealing than last Super Bowl. I feel like they were a lot uh, less stellar. Like they weren't appealing as much. They weren't as interesting. Or like I would focus on the commercials, but. I don't know. It was just not. It, it didn't catch my attention. It didn't. It wasn't appealing. But like I said, spent time with family, and it was like it wasn't a pretty. It was a pretty close get together. Like there were like limited amount of people. Like everyone were family essentially. So we are. We usually see each other anyways, so that like everyone stayed safe and so on. And that's essentially it for now and I guess we'll get into the gaming news side of things folks so 
343 Industries has teased their just made me a new place and a new way to play via the the, uh, the Halo Master Chief collection in the near future. This is going come over at IGN. 343 revealed the news in its latest MCC weekly fighting and development update and said that while things can change, it is trying to offer fans of this Halo collection a new way to play. While many would love to see Halo the Master Chief Collection come to Switch or even the PS5, this is this most likely a hint that we may see in the game arriving on the Epic Game Store or possibly Xbox's Cloud Gaming Beta with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate on iOS and PC. So, when I'm, when I, once I saw this announcement, I pretty much assumed it was either Epic or on uh, xCloud. I, I honestly assumed that this is a Microsoft first party thing, so I assumed it was already an xCloud. Once I looked into this further, it was not. That wasn't the case. Or, this might even, once they have Xbox uh, uh, xCloud uh, set for iOS and PC, that's probably when this will follow suit. They'll probably follow that with a huge announcement, such as the Halo Master Chief Collection, to be pl playable on those platforms. Alright, what do we got next here? E3 2021 is being planned as an all-digital event. This is going to come over at Kotaku. Last year, the Entertainment Software Association canceled E3, the biggest trade show in gaming, due to COVID-19 concerns. According to pitch documents obtained by Video Games Chronicle, this year's E3 might be a strict online affair, with three days of streaming content running from June 15th through the 17th. And this is a response to, to the report from the ESA. We can confirm that we are transforming the E3 experience for 2021, and we'll soon share exact details on how we're bringing the global video games community together. We were having great conversations with publishers, developers, and companies across the board, and we look forward to sharing details about their involvement soon. So everyone's saying E3 is dead. E3 was essentially, was even a, a consumer-centric event. It was made for developers. It was made for the backend of gaming, not for us, essentially. But for those, in, those actually working in the gaming space, it was meant to showcase what they have in store for uh, developers, produ producers, and so on, even those in media. As soon as they started changing everything, started bringing influencers and, and the likes, that's when E3 felt like it was fading away. And that's when Jeff Keighley uh, came out with the summer, um, his summer games event as well. So we'll see what happens with E3. Because I love these in-person events, getting these get-togethers. Because with COVID and everything, it just makes it so hard and difficult. Alright, next. The PS5 is set to launch in China in quarter 2 of 2021. And it's coming from over at gamesindustry.biz. The news was shared by Sony Interactive Entertainment in a new ear greetings video from President Tassio Agushi and video chairman, excuse me, Soido Ta Takahito, as reported by Nico Partner Senior Analyst Daniel Ahmad on Twitter. 
Ahmad added that the PS5 was originally given the green light to market in December and is currently going through the last stages of the process, including the relevant approval of software. He added that Sony's official mainland China version of the console will likely have an online service region lock at launch. Currently, players are importing consoles from overseas, such as Japan and the US, he added. So that's essentially it. Next, another one coming from GamesIndustry.biz. Darn it, a roll. So, CD Project Red was a victim of a ransomware attack during which an unidentified attack a actor stole data from the studio's internal network. The Cyberpunk 2077 developer disclosed the incident on Twitter, saying that some of its internals has been compromised. It also shared the ransom notes from the hacker, who claims to have stolen the source codes for Cyberpunk 2077, The Witcher 3, Gwent, and the unreleased version of The Witcher 3. We've also dumped all of your documents related to accounting, administration, legal, HR, investor relations, and more. The message continued. If we will not come to an agreement, then your source codes will be sold or leaked online, and your documents will be sent to our contracts and gaming journalism. The hacker added that they, encrypt, they supposedly encrypted CD Project Red's servers, but the studio confirmed that its backups remained intact and has already secured its IT infrastructure and has begun restoring the data. The perpetrator of the attack gave CD Projekt Red 48 hours to contact them, but the studio confirmed it will not give in to the demands nor negotiate with the actor, being aware that this may eventually lead to the release of the compromised data. The company added that it's taking the necessary steps to mitigate the consequences should the data be leaked. The personal data of CD Projekt Red players has not been compromised, but the studio is still investigating the attack and has already... Uh, been in contact with authorities. So, my take on this is, this is even though CD Projekt Red did such a hor uh, a horrible job with CD Projekt Red with the older consoles, but still, this is not the answer regardless. Like I always say this, hate and negativity does not solve anything. If you want things to change to improve for the better, be critical, but also be respectful. So constructive criticism is always welcome to any developer, to anyone in, in the industry. But if you go, if you cross that line in the stand with hate, with negative, with death threats, and so on, even hacking, you like you're. It, this does not solve anything. And I believe we have also have an update on that hack. Give me a second. Uh, let me see. I'll try to find it. Hmm, where are you? Let's see. Oh, here it is. Here's an article coming over uh, over from The Verge. Cyberpunk and Witcher hackers, the hackers have auctioned off stolen source code for millions of dollars. The hackers who targeted video game developer CC Project Red with a ransomware attack have auctioned off the stolen source code they acquired for a payday of potential millions of dollars, quote-unquote. The breach with CD Project Red first disclosed 
after learning it on Monday of this week, involved critical social care. We already talked about this. So, the data has been leaked online. It's come from VX Underground on Twitter. Okay, this was on February 10th. And it said that according to the the Twitch tree, I guess you could say, this is a source score to Gwent Card Game, Witcher 3, Cyberpunk 2077, etc. It's being auctioned today on exploit forums at a starting bid of $1,000. The ransomware author said that they will not be auctioning data anywhere else. Any other location other than exploit is fake. Update. A mistake was made. They... Stated that starting bid was 1k, uh, it was actually 1 million, and are also selling immediately for 7 million. Okay, I'm not seeing anything, so that's essentially it. So apparently there's like an MPC wars going on now. So I guess we'll talk about that once we're pretty much done with the news. We'll leave that for last. So this way you could hopefully complete by the time we're done. And also, a happy Valentine's Day to you all. Let's see. Yeah, I'm not saying anything. Just the NP Awards. Okay, let's talk. Let's bring this to the attention, actually. In four days, over 1.6 million, million of you joined forces in repping Black Lives Matter and Apex Legends. In my wildest dreams, I could not have expected this kind of support. We ask the community you've built around in the game. So let's. Oh, it's coming from Tim Lewinson. Okay. Okay, so I think that's about it. So next, well, moving forward, Electronic Arts to, uh, has announced. <clears throat> excuse me, it has reached an agreement to acquire Glue Mobile for $2.1 billion in enterprise value. The deal would see Glue shareholders receive twelve point fifty for each share of Glue stock, a thirty percent, a thirty six percent premium for the, to the company's closing price last Friday. The equity value of the offering is two point four billion, but Glue holds three hundred sixty four billion million in net cash. Our acquisition of Glue Company's amazing teams and deeply engaging products to create mobile games leader with proven expertise across many fast-growing genres, said EA CEO Andrew Wilson. 
mobile continues to grow as the biggest gaming platform in the world. And with the addition of clues, games, and talents, we are doubling the size of our mobile business with deep IP portfolio and expanding global audience. We'll deliver more exciting experiences for our players and drive further growth for electronic arts. Hopefully, we'll see Apex on mobile phones as well. Because it is coming to the Switch next month. So, it wouldn't be too far-fetched if it came out to mobile phones as well. So, hopefully it does. And they better introduce cross-save and cross... No, not cross-save, cross-progression. Because it, it is in an, um, a multiplayer game. Alright. Next, what would we have here? Little Nightmares 2 reviews are in. And this is coming from over at Games Radar. Let's see what review it gave them. Mm, excuse me. Actually, let's do it this way. Okay, it got a 7 out of 10 for, uh, from IGN, a 81% from Metacritic, and a 76% from Metagamer. Let's see. Okay, this is coming from IGN's review. Little Nightmares 2 is very bit as black. Bleak and eerie beautiful as the original. It also is just as brief and all and although the reintroduction of the six characters as an AI controlled co-op partner ultimately serves the story well. She's not used as a vehicle to take the game's puzzle solving and stealth to interesting new places, which seems like a real missed opportunity. Next let's go to Metacritic. Uh Uh, it's not giving me like a summary, it's just giving me the score. So, PC Gamer, let's see what they have to say. <laughs> Little Nightmares 2, much like its predecessor, weaves all of these feelings through its gameplay, while others in the genre are still focusing on things that go bump in the night. Uh... I'm seeing like a summary. I need to read all this. Little Nightmares 2 gets most things right from the unsettling atmosphere and brilliant character design to the fantastic, fan uh, fascinating puzzles. But the combat is a swing and very slow miss. It's a game which pulls you into the shadows, knowing how to get scares without slapstick horrors. It hits on a lot of games notes throughout and often the same notes as the original, but also plays them so well. And I never feels repetitive, making brilliant use of your partner, Six Little Nightmares 2, built on the very first game, but mostly sticks to what knows best to create to uh, great effect. So, we're done with, got the reviews out of the way. EA is reportedly deciding the fate of Anthem later this week, and it's coming from Games Radar. Bioware's Anthem famously launched back in 2019 to less than 
stellar reviews, thanks in large, in large part to clunky UI, unclear game mechanics, and excessive loading screens. Back in October of 2020, Bioware announced that huge changes were on the horizon. Since then, Anthem 2.0 has come to be known as Anthem Next, but according to Bloomberg, it's unclear if EA wants to give developers the budget to make the revamped game happen. So, guess we'll see what the Horizon has in store for Anthem. Okay. And next, we have another one coming from over at Games Radar. There appears to be a new Halo project in development at Xbox. Over the weekend, Microsoft listed a new producer role in Redmond, Washington at 343 Industries throughout their website. Developer of the Halo franchise after Halo 3. 343 Industries is looking for a producer to help develop a new project in the Halo universe. The official job description reads, hinting at the newcomer working on a brand new, unannounced Halo project being developed at the studio. Due to the working of the job description, it incredibly, it's incredibly unlikely that the new producer would be hired to work on Halo Infinite, which is nearly the final, which is nearing the final stretch of development and aiming to release later on this year. So, what I'm assuming this all means is it might be a, the animated series that's supposed to come out, or some, some, uh, some Netflix-related thing that's uh, that was supposed to be in development. So this is probably something related, or even some kind of branch of game, or or just even like a little side game based off of the Halo series. So even though they have to do the best that they can with Halo, they cannot follow uh, CD Projekt Red footsteps with Cyberpunk. It has to be perfect. It has to be such a great experience once it comes out later on this year. So, it's pretty much all set and done. I'm assuming because the multiplayer should be done. The campaign should be nearing completion. So, it's just like fine-tuning things that... Trying to, trying to make it the best that it can be, essentially. So... Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. It's headed to the Switch on March 12th. It's coming over at the Nintendo Wire. Next. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is officially racing to theaters in 2022. Alright. <clears throat> PS5 DualSense Backbone Attachment has been patented by Sony. It's from Games GamesRadar. According to this patent, which has filed recently, Sony plans for the accessory to feature very similar characteristics to the PS4 version, which was released for the DualShock 4 controllers. Since this version isn't compatible with the PS5's DualSense, it makes sense why Sony would be attempting to redo the device for the next generation. The previous model was made up of two large buttons and an OLED screen, which clicks into the controller's headphone jack and allows players to shortcut any buttons on the existing controller to the back of the, the device. According to the official PlayStation website, the back button attachment was designed for comfort and precision to get an edge on your favorite games. Next, Call of Duty 2020, um, Call of Duty World War II developer Sledgehammer. Sledge 
Hammer Games are apparently working on this year's Call of Duty. It's going from over at Games Radar. The claim comes from Modern Warfare Warzone, a source of information that's got a history of accurate Call of Duty leaks. You can see the statement from the outlet just below. It just says that uh, next Call of Duty title is 100% being developed by Sledgehammer Games. While this information isn't official, it doesn't need to be taken with it. It doesn't need to be taken with a grain of salt. I think it needs to be taken with a grain of salt, even though it's not official, right? <laughs> to be the opposite. All right. And speaking of the PS5, a U.S. law firm says it's investigating a potential class action based on reports that the PS5 DualSense controller for the PlayStation 5 console can experience drift issues and or fail prematurely. It's going to go over at Games Radar. A contact from the firm's website asks respondents when they first noticed the issue and they had assistance and whether they had assistance from Sony. While the answers could eventually lead to a class action suit against the council manufacturer, it's important to note that this is only the first stage of the process. That's essentially it. It sums it up for you guys. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ubisoft's leads Ubisoft's biggest quarter ever. This is coming from over at GamesIndustry.biz. Ubisoft's biggest lineup of new releases has produced biggest its biggest quarter yet that the publisher reported its financial results for the holiday quarter, prompting CEO Yves Uelomont to call it the strongest quarter in Ubisoft history by far for the third fiscal quarter. Ubisoft reported uh, net bookings for, for of just over $1.21 billion, up 125% year over year thanks to a packed slate featuring the cross-generation debuts of Watch Dogs, Legion, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Immortal Phoenix Rising, and Justice 2021. Valhalla was said to be the biggest launch in franchise history, not in unit sales that still belongs to Assassin's Creed 3, with 12 million sold in its first few months, but its term of overall bookings and engagement. Just Dance also enjoyed a strong quarter with Just Dance 2021, becoming the series' best-selling entry in six years, while even back catalog sales in the first year saw a more than 200% surge. Wow, that is a lot to swallow. But congratulations to Ubisoft. Epix has a new meta-human creator. It's coming from Kamas Utra. It's a browser-based app that allows game dev developers to create high-fidelity human characters in under an hour. The Unreal Engine maker has shared a first look at the software which runs in the cloud via Unreal Engine Pixel Streaming. It works by letting developers sculpt and craft their characters using initial workflows and adjust as adjustments are made, the tool blends between actual examples in the library and a plausible data-constrained way. Users will also be able to, excuse me, to choose a starting point by selecting from a number of presets and also fine-tune their creations by choosing from a variety of hairstyles, clothing, and body types. Once the, fi the finishing touch touches have been applied, 
devs will be able to download a fully rigged asset via Quicksilver Bridge, meaning it will be used immediately for animation and motion capture on Unreal Engine. What's more, the animations created by one metahuman will also be compatible with others. Alright, so let's see if we have those. We have, oh, here it is. We have a video up here that I'm going to share with you all. Um, how do I do this? Oh, here it is. Window capture. It's a hoodie. It's the work from home uniform. It's racial profiling. Let's skip this. I could be one of many. Je pourrais être architecte. They look so realistic. You create the narrative. I am metahuman. We have another video. It's the work from home uniform. It's racial profile. I am a metahuman, the next generation of digital human powered by Unreal Engine. Metahumans are high fidelity digital characters created by you, the user, on our new content creation platform, Metahuman creator. Like it looks like I am so real. Ready for animation and motion capture, allowing you to work in context. With everything running live in Unreal Engine, my motion works seamlessly on other characters. I have eight levels of detail and have been tested on a wide range of hardware platforms, from feature film to mobile. If you're interested in learning about my animation rig or high fidelity deformations, built on control rig the new strand-based hair system via the groom component, or how everything is tied together and animated in sequencer. Then have a look under the hood in this project. This is just a glimpse of things to come. Let's see, did we watch this trailer? It's a hoodie. It's the work from home uniform. I could be one of many. Oh, yeah, I didn't see this one. Je pourrais être architecte. Who guide? Quizá un artista. You create the narrative. I am metahuman. 
Wow. Really looks interesting. Can't wait to see what actually what games are actually gonna be made with this tool. see there's a live action Potter puff girls series pilot that's ordered that's been ordered by cw it's coming over at ign the series which was developed as of late august was sent to undergirls who are now disillusioned 20 something year olds who resent that they lost their childhood to years of fighting crime according to a variety the series will answer the question of whether or not this former team reunites once more when their crime fighting skills are needed once again a series confirmed by way of writers and exclusive, I'm sorry, executive producers, Heather, Heather Reg, Regnier and Diablo Cody, with the, later, with the latter executive producing under the banner of Vita Vera Films. Ragnar worked on the recent Veronica Mars revival, iZombie and Sleepy Hollow, while Cody is best known for writing Juno and working on Jennifer's body and young adult. Hopefully this does this doesn't turn out bad because it says that they're gonna be adults, so we'll see. <laughs> well we'll see. That's all I have to say. Alright. Ratchet and Clank, a rough depart is arriving on the PlayStation 5 on June 11th. And it's coming from over at the PlayStation blog. All of us at Asamian Games say that you thank you for your support of Ratchet and Clank across the last 19 years and four generations of PlayStation consoles. It's been an incredible journey so far. And we're excited to share the next chapter with you soon. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is a brand new full-length adventure. When the evil Dr. Nefarious uses a device that can access alternate dimensions to find the galaxy where he always wins, Ratchet and Clank are separated as they try to reunite. They will meet a new lone box resistant fighter, explore new and familiar local, but with new dimensional twists and yield and wield a whole new arsenal of out of this world weapons. So they also revealed the artwork for it as well. So let me showcase that with you guys. That's the artwork, guys. Pre-order start has already begun. And you get uh, to unlock uh, digital content that you can unlock early when you pre-order the standard or digital deluxe editions. And there's a, uh, I guess, a deluxe edition. All right, that's about it. And let's see. Post Malone is teaming up with 
the uh, Pokemon for our Pokemon Day celebration on February 27th with a virtual concert. Billboard can ex exclusively announce. Uh, and it's going over on Billboard, actually. Actually, Billboard can exclusively announce. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Malone, who for record, for the record, still has the Game Boy Color specifically to so he can play game Pokemon. Tells Billboard it's essential for him and the franchise to be at 25 at the same time. I've been a fan for such a long time, kind of grew up with it, he says. Celebrating 25 years is a big deal. So we decided to do it together. And the rapper turned 25 himself last July. And it'll be, uh, it'll start on the 7 p.m. Eastern on the 27th on Pokemon's YouTube, Twitch, and the 25th anniversary website. If you guys are interested. All right. Rainbow Six Quarantine is still coming in 2021, but it could be renamed. It's coming over at the Video Games Chronicle. Ubisoft has confirmed it doesn't intend to further delay Rainbow Six Quarantine in light of the coronavirus pandemic, but it, consider, but it is considering the possibility of renaming the game. In October 2020, Ubisoft delayed the release of Rainbow Six Quarantine and Far Cry 6 to the first half of its fiscal year. Starting in April 2021, due to production challenges related to work from home because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Speaking on the publisher's third quarter earnings call on Tuesday, Ubisoft Chief Financial Officer Frederick Dagwat said that the plan is still to release the two games by September 30th, 2021. Later in Tuesday's earnings call, Ubisoft has asked it had, if it had any PR concerns about releasing a game about an alien parasite in the middle of a global pandemic pandemic, and whether it would be considered delaying the title of the game again. Wow, I'm dehydrated. Rainbow Six Quarantine, we are creating a product that is actually as its name today. It is something that we are evaluating and we will see what comes in the near future of the product. UBA CEO Vlas Guamat responded. Like me personally, honestly, it doesn't need a name change. Even though quarantine kind of reminds us, if that's the case, everything else should be changed. Because it reminds us. The whole point of a name is just so it, it'll, it's just a name at the end of the day. Like, honestly, they don't need to change the name if it was up to me. All right, next. This is coming over on Eurogamer. Well-received 2005 Star Wars game, Republic Commando looks set for a new launch on the Nintendo Switch. A tactical first-person shooter, Republic Commando was originally released on PC in the OG Xbox. Set during the Clone Wars, it lets you play as a clone trooper and command the rest of your squads alongside you. And that's essentially it. <laughs> it's a very, very short article.
Give me a second, folks. Here's everything we know about the Last of Us TV show. It's coming over at Games Radar. The Last of Us TV show is sounding more and more promising with every new development. Things are still fairly early in the development cycle, but HBO has a number of creatives nailed down for key roles on the upcoming series. Every name attached is a home run for HBO and for fans. Among the first wave of, of key announcements for The Last of Us series, which has now been greenlit on HBO, is the news that Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin is teaming up with Tony Dog's own Neil Druckmann to deliver the attachment, I'm sorry, the adaptation. Alongside the Dream Team creative pair is the returning uh, Ox- Gustavo Santualala. Is, compu- is on computer duos while a new director has been her parachuted in to help the, the pilot. Uh, this is just the headline news. Here at Games Radar, we are digging a little deeper to bring you a more comprehensive look at the Last of Us TV show. This includes, but not limited, limited to a full list of confirmed characters, the official plot synopsis, and the report casting news with the Game of Thrones Bella Ramsey as Ellie. So let's see what do we have. Uh, it is coming to issue. We know about that. Turn look at the um, characters. Oh, here it is. Confirmed character thus far. Okay. Uh, Bella Ramsey will play El- Ellie in the in the show. You have. I'm trying to look into this. You're not seeing anything. Uh, Pedro Pascual is has been cast as Joel. We talked about Ely. Right, I think that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. I'm not saying anything else. All right. So it looks, it looks, every new story that comes out with it is getting like headlines and then people just enjoying just the cast of who's being casted. So it looks like it's going to be a very promising show. Next, the Antic has announced a new program to finance, mentor, and support black game development teams working on location-based AR games similar to its own titles. It's coming over at gamesindustry.biz. The Black Developers Initiative is a five-month program that will give selected teams the funding and resources needed to create a playable prototype, as well as a pitch deck to help take the project to the next stage. The initiative is open to teams where black members have a direct line to the game's Profits. The company or studio is at least 
51% black owned and operated, the team is, is at least 50% black and or black people are in key leadership roles, such as founder, creative director, or producer. Games must have an AR or geolocation aspect similar to Niantic's own Pokemon Go and Ingress, with the studio seeking the next innovative real-world game that encourages players to explore the world, get exercise, and connect to one another. There is no geographical limitation about Applications will need to be able to work and communicate in English for this round. Applications for the first cohort are now open with the deadline of Sunday, March 14th. So, uh, in the wake of... Uh, yeah, that's about it. But I'll show, share that in chat with you guys now. And I'll be sure to include that in the no show notes as well. For those listening later on in podcast services around the globe or even on YouTube. Alright, Kingdom Hearts makes its PC debut on March 30th via the Epic Games Store. And it's coming over at Endgadget. Other than HD 1.5 and uh, 2.5 Remix, which will cost 50, they will cost 60 each and require various levels of graphics power to run, which is unsurprisingly... That's essentially it. So... Next... DICE LA confirms it's working on a Battlefield project. It's coming over at Games Radar. Alongside with Battlefield 6. So it's a brand new title. So that's essentially it. Earlier this week, Ubisoft CEO. Boas Gualamans said that the event directs Master Studios now developing a new open-world Star Wars game. And it's also, it's also continued to work on its other open-world shooter series, The Division. The Master Studio is a large studio, and they are also collaborating with lots of studios all over the world, he told analysts in a quarterly financial call. We're going to see more of The Division 2 in this year and the year after. Let's go over at PC Gamer. Today, the studio... Uh, previously, the studio officially committed to the promise, saying that in a message on Twitter that the recent release title update 12 for the division was intended for the game's final to be the final finals, the game's final major update. But thanks to our continued support, we are now in the early stages of, the, of development for fresh content released later in 2021. While it is too early to go into more details today, we won't have you won't have to wait too long as we will share more as we can. So I want to have the division too as well. I've been meaning to. So like more content is coming for us all, and we're gonna end this with a nice trailer for you guys. Social trailer to Zack Snyder's Justice League. The bells been rung. I'm in the 
dark among the stars. The god is dead. I had a dream. Almost like a premonition. you the rest of your life. Find out what that reason is. I can't wait. They said the age of heroes would never come again. We got a friend's guy, Joker. <laughs> March 18th. I'm definitely excited for that. I can't wait. So. So, if you guys want to send this reader mail, here's how. We want to know your feedback. Your thoughts and even any, any questions you may have for us by sending us free email on our Discord server, leaving a voice note over at anchor.fm backslash the impact play, or even by sending us an email to readermail at the impactplay.com. Who knows, may even be featured in another future episode or even a special read email segment of the show. So again, thank you guys so much for making the impact play part of your day. If you wish to join our community server over on Discord, be sure to enter exclamation Discord in chat now. We are trying to unlock subscriptions over on Twitch, and we need your help. Share the channel with your friends, your family, and, and, and simply anyone who you believe would benefit from the show. Leave us a review, or even just a rating on your favorite platform. Have a great one, folks, and until next time.